Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Monday, October 30th. Today, Sun Outdoors reporter Jason Blevins gives more background on the continued financial problems plaguing the former longtime owner of the Granby Ranch ski area. Before we begin, a quick message. AARP Colorado is proud to sponsor this podcast with the Colorado Sun. With Colorado being one of the fastest-growing states in the nation among older adults, AARP Colorado strives to ensure all Coloradans can age in place for as long as possible and age with dignity. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Colorado has played a pivotal role in paleontological discoveries, notably on two October 30ths in the 2010s. In 2010, a construction site near Snowmass Village revealed a juvenile mastodon's bones, leading to the discovery of nearly 5,000 fossils from 26 species at the Snowmastodon site. These animals, which included mastodons, mammoths, and others, lived around 100,000 years ago near a glacial lake in the Rocky Mountains. Nine years later, a documentary highlighted the groundbreaking work at Coral Bluffs Open Space, home to an unparalleled collection of early mammalian fossils from 66 million years ago, just after the asteroid impact that wiped out the dinosaurs. The site provides crucial insights into Earth's recovery post-impact and the mammalian dominance that followed. Before we continue, another quick message. Do you or anyone you know have questions about Medicare as open enrollment begins? Join the Colorado Sun virtually on November 2nd as health reporter John Ingold speaks with panelists about everything you need to know about Medicare and helping select the right plan. The event is free, virtual, and open to the public. RSVP today and submit your questions for panelists by visiting coloradosun.com events. Next, our feature story. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and welcome to today's podcast. I'm David Kraus, one of the team editors here at The Sun. And it's a Monday, so it's always a good time to talk a little outdoors with Colorado Sun Outdoors reporter Jason Blevins. What is going on, Jason Blevins? Yeah, DK, doing well. Hey, uh, never ever too early, as we've said before, to talk about getting on the mountain and ski stuff and things of that nature. Uh, Yet a great update last week on the former owners of the nice little Mountain called Granby Ranch. Some people might know of it. It's uh, what north of Winter Park, uh, about a half hour or so. Jason, four hundred acres, kind of a little beginner hill, two main lifts, a um, couple of side lifts, kind of whole golf course community. Uh, the owners, previous owners, bought it in '95, are running into a little trouble, and there seems to be a little bit of. Uh, loose gemstones involved. Jason, why don't you let everybody kind of update them on and what's going on at Granby Ranch with the former owners? Yeah, I remember a while back and longtime manager there that I knew pretty well um, had told me something sort of along the lines of Benjamin Braddock in The Graduate. And all he said was diamonds. <laughs> and I didn't know what he meant. And that word is now out in the public. Um, yeah, a lawsuit filed in Denver District Court um, earlier this month, um, accuses the former owner of Granby Ranch, her name is Marisi Cipriani, of uh, a complicated international network of shell companies and in the names of her cook and housekeeper and spiritual guru and Ill- illegally smuggled stashes of 
gems and diamonds. Um, pretty sordid tale for sure in this uh, in this lawsuit. But um, it's been an interesting interesting transition. You know, Maurice came in in uh, 1995, bought that property, which was in foreclosure and owned by banks and insurance company or something, and it was uh, sort of in in tumult um and she bought it 12 million bucks in 1995 launched a 600 million dollar plan to build 4400 homes around golf course skiing trails um you know renamed it from silver creek to granby ranch um it was called sol vista there for a hot minute in between all that stuff um she sold tried to sell the project in 2017 Two years later, 2019, lost it to creditors, citing somewhere around $60 million in debt, which is kind of hard to believe for such a small little ski hill, but she'd racked up quite a debt there. Um, and her sister sued her in 2019. Um, her sister said, hey, Mauricio, I lent you $19 million to, to flow your, you know, as collateral for a loan to keep this ski area running, never pay me back. Um, that case was settled. Maurice was supposed to start paying back her sister, never did. New lawsuit says, where's my money? And the, the lawsuit's pretty um, interesting. It cites 30-something shell companies, businesses that uh, the Cipriani family has started, all of the Cipriani uh, family. It's interesting to note that Maurice's son was arrested in April in Miami National Airport, International Airport, with a whole suitcase full of smuggled gemstones, uncut diamonds and loose gems. Um, and he's facing prison time there in uh, terms of smuggling operation. Uh, there's something like eight or nine different mines in Brazil and Hong Kong that are named in this lawsuit. Just a crazy tale. <laughs> and the, the lawsuit basically accuses Marisi of not just, you know, using fraud and deception and multiple shell companies, but uh, possibly a, a racketeering in violation of Colorado laws against organized crime. So once again, pretty sordid tale. Um, you know, Maurice left in a not good situation, basically lost everything, walked away from that resort. She'd spent 24 hours, 24 years trying to build and uh, ended up with nothing. And now... You know, she's uh, it's interesting to note too. She was heir to the Trans Brazil fortune and a giant meatpacking fortune. Her father and grandfather started these rags to riches um, airlines and meatpacking business in Brazil, and she had tons of Brazilian money. Um, but uh, that airline also went bankrupt, and just sort of a uh, if you if you read the lawsuit. It, Appears as though she is on the run from creditors and trying to pay back bills with loose cut diamonds. So, Jason, did you? I remember that uh, you mentioned the Soul Vista thing. I remember that because '95 was when we moved to Loveland, Colorado, and that was my real first introduction into. Wow, you can just buy a ski hill. You know, I was just like, wow, that's kind of cool. Did you ever uh, interact with Maurice or? You know, what what was that like, especially in the beginning? Because I do remember that was like, oh, look, you know, her she's the heir to this big airline. And, you know, it seemed like they had all this money and backing. And 
it kind of gave credibility to this crazy idea of building a, a resort area out there. But what were your interactions uh, previously with her? Uh, I got on great with Marisi. She was, she was wonderful. Um, and you know, we had a, we had a very cordial relationship. Um, she also remember she bought birth at Paskey area and, uh, right. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. She eventually had to close that down and, uh, she tried to maybe get some stuff done, but forest service was not impressed with, uh, some of the water issues up there and made her rip those chairlifts out. Um, she tried a little cat operation up there, but eventually just abandoned the whole thing. Um, and then, yeah, that Solvista property, Silver Creek, Gravy Ranch, that's 5,000-something acres, and it's privately owned. So she doesn't have a lease with the Forest Service or anything like that, which makes it kind of a standout in, in Colorado, especially where most of our resorts are on public land. Um, so, yeah, she, she had really grand plants, healing center. She was very much into health stuff and you know all this different uh you know pilates and different things so she was gonna um you know run like a big healing center you know health center up there million square feet of uh commercial space she had really big plans and built the golf course and you know i've, I've written a few stories about some of the struggles up there in that north end of green county with there was a shore fox development that was going to be a private fishing golf ski thing that went belly up at grand elk across the way from Sol vista went you know went through some receivership and different owners and yeah, it's been now uh, sort of a, an interesting little corner of colorado that has uh struggled to really get traction and again they're the new owners are some uh real estate developers out of st louis and they are um once again, in conflict with with homeowners, it's not a, a cordial relationship up there with um, homeowners and the developer. Again, as uh, there's so many different overlapping metro districts. If you maybe there's some links in my story that go into that. It's complicated, but it's um, a, a complicated and challenged environment up there in Granby Ranch. Hey, Jason, did they? Because this uh, she let go of that property. Um... Was it after they settled the lawsuit with the uh, family of the woman from yeah. well, San Antonio who fell off the lift? How did that play in, or did that was that mentioned in a lawsuit, or what does that look like? Do you know anything if that's related to any of this, or how that plays into it? That is, um, yeah, so horrible story. That Texas uh, family that was thrown from the from the chairlift, and uh, the investigation into that chairlift showed that. Uh, under Maurice, there had been some work under that on that chair that had been not appropriate, and uh, there were surging power issues and electrical issues that caused that chair to speed up, slow down, sent it rock, and threw it into a tower and launched that family and killed that mom. This horrible, horrible story. One of the rare times that we've seen a um, chairlift fatality in Colorado, uh, and um, yeah, that case was settled. Um, and the settlement was not, you know, publicly disclosed, but, um, yeah, that was under her watch. And I imagine that had more to do with, uh, her insurance carrier than herself personally. Um, but that is not mentioned in the lawsuit by her sister. Jason. So anything going forward out of this? I mean, it doesn't, Seem like it's going to affect operations there since she's given up on it for a while, but 
kind of what's your thought overall on somebody, you know, I mean, she, to your point, very cordial, 24 years trying to make that work. Um, you know, do you feel like it was all, as you review it, do you feel like it was all kind of a sham or do you see a time where it might, might have started to fall apart? You know, it's hard to tell. It's really hard with some of these private skiers to see where they are. Um, you know, she ended up $60 million in debt. It's it's easy to say, where did that $60 million go? Because it's not, she didn't necessarily do a lot at skiery. It's not, you know, a big fancy new chairlifts or, you know, things like that. There's, you know, a small commercial village and some residences there, but doesn't seem like it's $60 million worth and they're all sold. So, um, yeah, it, there are some questions kind of surrounding, you know, finances of that, but this is not really part of that lawsuit. But one of the interesting things in this lawsuit is that it names people in Hong Kong, people in Brazil and like her housekeeper and her cook and her housekeeper's husband and her cook's whatever partner and, so there's all these Brazilians and Hong Kong people and chatting briefly with um, her attorney who hasn't yet sort of signed up for the case yet. But no, he's like, this is going to take forever because we have to subpoena people and, you know, around the world and, you know, sort of hard to find. So um, this, this, I would not expect any swift resolution in this um, lawsuit. But um, again, we, Tune over to the Caro Sun. I, I we posted that lawsuit in the uh, in our library, so pretty easy to uh, click on it and read it. And it's uh, very compelling reading. I will say that for a pretty you know for a fraud lawsuit. Yeah, a lot of like you said, a lot of intrigue and all that. Hey, JB, always good to catch up on this stuff and and this perspective is cool. I I had not asked about if you knew her previously, so that was kind of cool. Um, like Jason mentioned, if you'd like to go back and check out the lawsuit, read the story, you can find that at coloradosun.com. And at the top of the homepage, we have the outdoors tab. Also, Jason previewed this and we had chatted about some of this before, but you can always sign up for Jason's weekly outsider newsletter. Comes out every Thursday, gets you set up for the weekend. You can do that at coloradosun.com slash outsider. Hey, Jason, have a great week, buddy. Thanks, you get. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. More than 93% of the construction waste from demolishing an old hospital in Boulder has avoided the landfill and is being repurposed. The city's first deconstruction project since its 2020 sustainability ordinance went into effect has single-handedly kept 60.8 million pounds out of the landfill. While engineers are still checking the math, Boulder is declaring success. Only 4.2 million pounds of the 65 million pounds of hospital waste went to a landfill. The Boulder City Council approved mandates to divert 75% of home and commercial structure removal waste from landfills. A year after President Biden traveled to Colorado to announce the Camp Hale Continental Divide National Monument, a plan is taking shape for the historic location. The White River National Forest is launching a two-year planning process that will include public meetings, site visits, and formal comment periods. The idea is to create a place to learn and remember. 
The goal is a monument that celebrates the Ute tribes who have gathered in the headwaters of the Eagle River atop Tennessee Pass for centuries, as well as the 10th Mountain Division soldiers who trained there during World War II. To help stop the spread of HIV, a Denver nonprofit clinic is focusing on getting patients housing and food. With that help, Vivent Health has a 95% suppression rate of the virus for people who have been housed for at least three months. The Denver office's outreach includes sending a team of workers into encampments where they offer syringes so people injecting drugs can use clean needles, the opioid antidote naloxone, and HIV tests. Among those who are chronically homeless, many have given up on treatment and given up on housing. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now, a quick message from our editor. I'm Larry Rickman, editor and co-founder of the Colorado Sun. The Sun is a public benefit corporation, and we rely on the support of listeners and readers like you to produce the nonpartisan, in-depth news that Colorado needs and deserves. Please consider becoming a Sun member for just $5 a month. Learn more at coloradosun.com. Thanks.